Hey everyone, we are so glad you're joining us tonight. Hit that share button below and invite your friends and family to join us for midweek. Tonight's going to be a special night. We are so honored to have a special midweek interview with Pastor Daniel Groves from Hope City Church in Houston, Texas, and Pastor Johnny Hill from the Life Church of Memphis. Pastor Mike will be talking with them about what worship really is and how we can apply it to our lives every single day. Before we begin, I want to remind you about a few things going on in our church. We have child dedication coming up on October 18th at 5 p.m. You can sign up at vibrantchurch.com slash guest services. Also, Baptism Sunday is coming up October 11th. If you want to go public with your faith, you can sign up at vibrantchurch.com slash baptism. Lastly, we just want to say thank you so much for your generosity. Because of your giving, we've been able to make an impact in our community and all over the world during this season. If you'd like to partner with us to make a difference, you can text the word GIVE to 77977, go online to our VibrantChurch.com, or give through our Vibrant Church app. Okay, let's lean into this amazing conversation tonight. We love you, church. Hey, good evening. Welcome to Midweek here at Vibrant Church Online. We're so glad you're joining us today. Tonight is such a special night. I have two very special guests with us tonight. And you guys know these guys. These aren't just special guests. These guys are family here at Vibrant Church. We have Daniel Groves with us tonight. What's up, Daniel? What's going on? The one and only Johnny Hill. Johnny Hill song over there. How you doing, Johnny? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Tonight we're going to be unpacking the the uh, topic of worship, praise and worship, how it applies in the church, your life, all those things. And really tonight's just going to be an incredible night. I hope you lean in, get your note sheet ready, take some notes, because I've been around both of these guys, and I got to tell you, their heart for worship and the knowledge that they have on the why behind it is so incredible, and you're going to get so much out of tonight's conversation. So with that said, hey guys, let's introduce ourselves a little bit, have some fun. Daniel, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I've been in worship leadership. Some of you around Vibrant have seen me off and on, based out of Houston, Texas, uh, married to my favorite girl on the planet, 16 years, and uh, we've got four kids, which is wild, wild around this house, and my my wife's amazing. She homeschools all four of them. There's a grace on her life, and I serve at an amazing church here in Houston, but I also travel. I have a passion to do evangelism through worship, and I've actually been serving there at Vibrant as well in an interim role uh, as the worship pastor with you guys, and I'm loving where God has taken Vibrant Worship, and so fired up to be here tonight. Man, we love you. We've loved having you here, and um, just the way you have led has been incredible. We just, our whole team just loves you. Now, Johnny, we go way back. Johnny, we go back like 10 years. Uh, I pre-children, pre-gray hair and wrinkles, and I mean, we go back a long time. So tell us a little bit about you, man. Hey, I think you have gray hair and wrinkles. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still. (laughs) But yeah, I'm up here at Life Church uh, with Pastor John and Leslie Siebling, and uh, I've been here uh, in the mix for the past uh, 15 years, and love Vibrant Church, love, love your pastors, love Pastor Jason, love Rachel, and just all the family down there. Love you. Anytime I've gotten a chance to be around your team and, and be with you guys, but uh, I uh, serve as the worship pastor here, overseeing all of our worship. Uh, served in multiple roles over the years, most recently as a campus pastor. Uh, but I love worship, love God's house, 
Uh, love the local church. Love what I get to be a part of. I love my family. I got a great family, beautiful wife. We've been married six years. We've got a four-year-old daughter who I call her my sweet and spicy. Uh, and then we've got my son, Lincoln. I call him Lincoln the Lion. He's a, he'll be three uh, here in just a couple weeks. So, yeah. Great. Well, look, guys, tonight, let's, let's unpack worship. I mean, you guys are so talented and um, just there's such an anointing on you whenever you guys are each leading and um to be honest though before we get into that i gotta say johnny i got i got a little bit of envy of your hair i've always had and then daniel's over there with the beard i mean i feel like i put you guys together i'd have my ideal look i mean and i've i've actually turned johnny's screen off because i'm jealous of his hair because god has a sense of humor he removed my hair to keep me humble but he gave me this beard which is a blessing. All at right. Least, at least you can grow a real beard because I got something over. Like this doesn't even grow. This section just doesn't. Even grow. <laughs> just put your face against the screen. Let me just pray for it, and I'll lay. I'll put my beard against the screen, and we'll make this happen. All right. This is getting weird, guys. Let's, let's get into worship, though. <laughs> We're here to talk about worship. What is worship? How do we apply it to our life? Why is it important? So let's start off with this, um, Daniel. Will, will you kick off this conversation? What is worship? You know, I love a quote that I read a couple months ago, and it said, worship is simply giving God his breath back. Mm. There's something about the significance of who we are, the DNA of who we are. We are all created to worship. I think one of the most, uh, one of the biggest misconceptions in our humanity is that we think that worship is based upon a talent or mm. someone's ability to clap on beat or someone's ability to sing on key. The Bible says in John 4, verse 23, and this is red letters, so Jesus spoke these words. It says, a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers, it's coming, but it's also come, it's here, when the true worshipers will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Worship has nothing to do with your ability to sing on key, has nothing to do with your ability to clap on beat. Right. Like, it, it is something that it's, it has been God-breathed from our inception, from the very moment he began to knit us in our mother's womb to begin to lift our voices in spirit and in truth to worship the lord in spirit and in truth is a pure innocent authentic expression of our faith and our trust in him so i worship and i believe what worship is for me is giving god his breath back and saying hey thank you thank you for creating me and out of this out of this overflow of who you've created me to be i'm going to give you praise and i'm going to give you gratitude yeah, wow, it's so good. Johnny, you want to speak into that? Yeah, I, I would just say, just even adding to that, it's like, because he's given us the breath, right? I love that. But it also helps us to focus our attention on him. Yeah. You know, so often what can happen is we can, we can get so focused on the bigness of the situations that we face or the bigness of what's happening in our world. You, you know, you watch the news long enough and you see that there's some big situations happening. Yeah. But yet, even with all that, God is bigger. And I think when we worship, it, 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 it helps us to focus our attention back on him and to helps us to, to get our eyes off our situation. And it reminds us of the, the bigness of God. Uh, when we put ourselves in a position of surrender or put ourselves in that, that posture of, of humility and we're able to focus on him and, and able to, to really uh, lean into his strength and lean into his joy and his peace and all those things that come and invade our lives, uh, just because we spend time in his presence. That's so good. And let me, let me add to that real quick, because I love how you're saying it keeps it vertical. It keeps it 
pointing our attention and our focus back on him. One of my favorite verses, and honestly, this is this has been a process of of laying down pride and laying down selfishness and laying down these things over the years. But John chapter three, verse 30 mm-hmm. says, I need you to become greater. Or one translation says, I need you to increase more and more as I decrease. Right. And so when we posture ourselves in this place of worship, Mike, and we put ourselves in this position, we're saying, God, we put our attention back on you. Like Johnny said, we put our, our cares back on you and we want you to become greater and greater as we become less and get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like getting ourselves out of the way, putting him first. Um, I, I know there's a lot of times in my life where maybe I've been up against the wall, had some, you know, stuff going on in life. And, you know, instead of just being stuck in that dark place, I, I've chosen to worship through it. And in those times I've, I've chosen that, I feel like God's really kind of just lightened up, you know, taken the burden off of me and carried it for me. Um, yeah. I mean, have you guys ever experienced that too? Like worshiping through a hard time, worshiping yeah. through a storm? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I think about um, kind of like what you're saying there is that because, you know, the word of God says that it's in his presence. There's this fullness of joy. Yeah. Um, but I like even in like Psalm 100, like the first verse, it tells us to shout for joy. Yeah. It's worship the Lord with gladness. So I think sometimes, sometimes joy is kind of waiting for our shout. You know what I mean? Sometimes we almost have to like release the shout and then receive the joy of the Lord. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think sometimes when we're in those, in those situations, uh, that we're walking through where things might be difficult, the best thing we can do is direct our energy, energy toward God. And, and in return, man, joy is going to be released in our life. A sense of peace can be released in our life. I think honestly, that's, that's why it's so important, um, to be in the house of God and to mm-hmm. be with other believers. And I know it's been so hard during this time because of COVID and the things that we face, but man, there's there's something about when you're in a room with other believers and you have an environment where you can release a shout, where you can open up your mouth and lift your voice. And and yeah, you can do it at home. It's true. I recommend it. You know, maybe not if you got kids that are sleeping or something like that. Don't, <laughs> you know, but maybe it's in your car. You just get in the car and just lift your voice. Sometimes I'm just in my car, just screaming to God, you know what I mean? But find that you got to find your place where you can really lift up your voice. I think sometimes so often we equate shouting with anger, you know, like we think about the shouting match that our neighbors might be having uh, next door or something like that. When really the Bible says, man, you can shout for joy. Like you can lift your voice in joy. It's kind of like when we go to a basketball or football game where everybody's lifting their voice and screaming, well, man, how much more should there be a shout on the inside of us when it comes to, to celebrating our God and, and when it comes to pushing through, uh, even in a sense of battle, like, you know, when when the children of Israel faced Jericho on that last time they marched around, the Lord gave them the instructions to shout, you know, and yeah. so it could be that the walls you want to come down won't come down until you release that shout and and, and, and all that first wall that needs to come down might be in your own heart, in your own mind. You know, adding to that, um, Psalms 100 verse one, you started with that shout for joy. Yeah. And I like to pair these two, Nehemiah 810, you mentioned too that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I think sometimes there's a misconception that, that it's our joy. It, you know, it's God's joy to us and through us, right. but it's released because Proverbs 18, 21 talks about how life and death is in the power of your tongue. Yeah. So when you choose to speak life, when you choose to shout for joy, you're literally shouting for your strength. 
Mm. You're shouting for breakthrough in your marriage. You're shouting for freedom from mm. an addiction. You're shouting for the walls to come down in a situation that feels absolutely hopeless. And something that we've been saying a lot at our home church here in Houston and Hope City is we've been saying that when we turn our worry into worship, it'll turn our battle into a breakthrough. Mm. So when we shift our posture from worry and anxiety and fear and uncertainty, because I think we can all agree we're living in some pretty uncertain times, but the one thing that we're certain of is the word of God, the presence of yeah. God. And when we go back to the word and say, okay, but God, you said, you said, yeah. if I shout, I'll receive joy. Mm-hmm. You, you said, if I push through and persevere and press on, like Paul said, that I'll get to the ultimate goal. And so I'm going to choose to turn my worry into worship so that I can see my battle turn to a breakthrough. That's great. That's so good. Um, man, yeah, I even think of like Peter, like whenever he's sinking into the water and you know, reaches out his hand and Jesus takes him. I mean, the storm yeah. didn't necessarily end, just his perspective did. And now his eyes were back on Jesus. The storm was still going. It's just now he had Jesus controlling and, and in charge. And so, so good, man. Um, now, when we talk about worship, worship is really, I mean, a whole lot of things. There's giving worth to God. But um, tonight, I want to dig in a little bit more to actually like praise and worship, singing, instruments, that whole deal. Why do we do that? Um, I know in the church, why, why is that there? Why do we do that? What's the importance? You go first, Johnny. Yeah, I 15 mean, years at the same amazing church. I want to hear it. I want to hear what Johnny Hill has to say. Yeah, uh, I mean, part. Whenever you get these big questions, that then it's like, well, what does the Bible say? You know, what does the Bible say? And all throughout the Bible, there's all these examples from the Old Testament all the way through, of the people of God singing and lifting up songs. You know, you could go through the Psalms that talk about praising God on the lyre and the harp and the cymbals, and you could take the example of David. You know, even when he he played for Saul, and and you saw the impact that his, his music had on Saul. And, you know, it's like, you can just walk through all the, it's like the Bible says, lift up your hands, all you people clap your hands, you know, all the, there's all these instructions that instruct action. Uh, that worship is not just a feeling that we feel on the inside, but it, it's expressed through these acts. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, a, a teaching that we do uh, that Pastor John always does and just kind of walks through the acts of praise, you know, of that lifting our hands. And so we even have a moment in church where it's like, all right, let's all try it right now. Let's all try it. Let's lift our hands. All right. Some of y'all might be half mass at first, you know, you know, because he talked about how the first time he walked in the church, a church like ours, he had that white knuckle worship holding on to the back of his chair because he was scared he was going to float away if he lifted his hands, you know, but, but he soon realized that man, it's in that act of expression uh, it, it actually, you know, stirs up what's happening on the inside of us. And so, so when you look at our faith, our faith is, it's always, it's all these actions. Our God is an action. He's an action God, you know, God loved the world. So he gave, he acted, he, and so I think in that same way, when it comes to worship, you know, when we follow that, that the Bible prescription, those things that we see modeled for us, in scripture, uh, we experience God's presence in just a great way. It's, I think there's something about uh, putting ourselves in a posture of, of uh, a posture where, where we're maybe out of our comfort zone just a little bit, or where we're maybe, uh, uh, where we're maybe like uh, 
pushed a little bit out of what what we what we might think is is comfortable or we might think is is uh, convenient. Uh, in fact, there's a verse Psalm 95:6. It says, "Come, let us bow down and worship." There's another action, and then it says, "Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker." It gives us these two postures, and so it's like I'm not just saying I'm humble with my words, but I'm showing it by kneeling. I'm gonna bow down to God, you know. So it's like we see these things: lift your hands, clap your hands, lift your voice, kneel, bow down, use the instruments, use the symbols, like all these things. It's like what whatever you can come up with to worship God, you know. Use your creativity, just like God's the creative God. He wants us to use our creativity, even in our musical expression, to Him. That's so good. Um, I'm reminded of now. Now some will will correct me if I say Habakkuk or Habakkuk, but in chapter three, there's this moment where Habakkuk or Habakkuk um, is is at this low place, and I think we can all find ourselves. And by the show of hands, right now, like we've all found ourselves in a low place. He's in a real low place, and, and I'm paraphrasing for just a moment, but basically, he's saying. Hey, the crops are, are gone. The fields have no crops. The barns are completely empty. My bank account is not reflecting what I know the promises of God should say. Everything in my life seems like it's falling apart. Yet, this is the part, there's a shift. He said, yet I will praise the Lord. And I say that because Bible theologians, actually, if you're unpacking this verse at the very end of this series of verses, which is only three or four verses in chapter three, it says this, that Habakkuk actually said all these things or sang all these things with a stringed instrument. Mm. And some people say, well, what, why is that important to this entire conversation? It proves that he chose to praise through it, that yeah. he picked up an instrument and said, even though there's no crops in the field, even though the barns are empty, even though everything in my life seems like it's falling apart, I will worship you until it falls into place. I will worship you until everything shifts. Yet I will praise the Lord. So Mike, I think even more important than an instrument, I think we have to find our yet. Um, like I love what Johnny said. It might be in your car with the windows up in a Lowe's parking lot, shouting from the top of your lungs. Yet I will praise the Lord, no matter what it looks like. Yet I will praise the Lord because sometimes believing God to show up and move, we may not see it or feel it. Right. Sometimes that action, it's a step at a time. And sometimes it's baby steps. And in the 11th hour, I'm telling you, he'll reach in and pull you up out of whatever you're walking through. Yeah, that's great. That's good. All right. Well, tell me, tell me some personal story there. I mean, give me, give me some, some insights of your, your guys's life yourself. Um, for those that are watching at home right now, I got, Daniel Groves and Johnny Hill with us, uh, really unpacking why worship is so important in your life. And to that person that's at home right now or watching, however they're, they're watching this, um, let's say they're going through something right now. Where, where's a time in your life where you guys have maybe gone through something and worshiped through it? Like what would that look like for you? Yeah, I think one of the biggest moments for me, a lot of people would remember, I've been at Live Church for 15 years, but it's because of what happened 15 years ago. Uh, Hurricane Katrina back in 2005. And I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, but I remember just that moment in, in, in time, just watching. I was, I was actually in my last semester of college and my family evacuated up here to Memphis. 
And I remember we were thinking, hey, we're just going to go back home and get back to life as usual. We evacuate for hurricanes all the time. This is no big deal, right? And we were we couldn't have been more wrong. And we just watched on the news, watched our city, you know, be covered in water. And, you know, it's like I, I get an email like my school is two thirds flooded, so we can't go back to school. And and I remember during that season finding myself in Memphis and I remember telling telling one of my friends at the time, I said, I feel like my life is so different uh, that I'm living somebody else's life. And because this, I wasn't, I wasn't in the same city. I wasn't around my even my family like I was used to. It was there were so many things that changed immediately, and yet in that season, it was in that season that I remember going back to certain albums during that time for me. You know, you got to have that album you, that's just like your go-to album. It was uh, that one that time. It was uh, Israel Houghton's uh, Israel Newbreed. Um, it was live from another level. And, you know, I just found myself worshiping with that album from front to back at times. I, rem I remember there were times when I would just, I was staying at my, my cousin lived here in Memphis and I was staying at her house. And when she was going to work, I remember times I would just turn it up, you know, turn it up as loud as I could. And I'm just like worshiping through that moment. And it was, it was in a season where I was finishing up college. I didn't have direction. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing. Uh, I was here. I, I started getting involved in our church, but I had no idea what God was going to be doing. But it was in that season that, man, God spoke some key things to my heart. It's, it's in that season that he settled me and showed me that I was called to be here. It was in that season wow. that he settled me that my, my future, my destiny is in his hands. And that, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to the city that I knew and loved, that he, he held my world uh, in his hands. And, and I can point to that being a very critical season in my life where worship is what got me through. It was seeking after the presence of God. I didn't have a lot of answers. I didn't know exactly where I was going to go and what I was going to be doing. But I could, I, I experienced, I, I really experienced really the peace of God that comes uh, through worship just from that season. Man, that's so good. Um, for me, Mike, and I've shared this a little bit with the worship team, but um, there was a, a season my wife and I walked through where she was walking through a health challenge and it, it was pretty touch and go. And the doctors were, were coming back with inconclusive results and sending us to more appointments and more specialists. And I remember my wife came to me and she looked at me in the eyes and because whenever you're walking through a storm like that, whether it's a real storm, like a, like a natural storm, like Katrina or, or a, a storm, like a sickness, uh, you have two options. You can trust God or you can panic and you can freak out. That really is your two options. Cause when you're squeezed in life, what's hidden inside of you is what comes out of you. And my wife and I, I remember as we were walking through it, she, she looked at me and said, Daniel, God wrapped me up like a blanket when I was little and his presence showed up for me then. And if he came for me and showed up for me, then he'll show up for me now. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord is fighting for me. He's fighting for us. He's fighting for our future. I need only to be still and I need to trust him. So 43 days into this journey, we were going back and forth with doctors and appointments. And I remember we chose to worship through it. We were serving at a church in Baton Rouge at the time, uh, remotely. And then I ended up, we ended up moving there for a season. And uh, Jonathan Stockstill and I ended up writing this song called Healing is Here in the middle of it. And there's a, there's a moment that happened where it wasn't about writing a song for a record. It was about 
worshiping in the middle of the battle, worshiping in the middle of it all and saying, God, I don't know what you're doing in the middle of it. And the truth is I can't really see you, but my faith says that there is going to be an intervention, a providence moment that shows up. And on the 43rd day, y'all, we went to a specialist and the doctor looked at my wife and said, I don't know what happened from today back. I can't, I can't explain them saying multiple tumors and cancer and all these things. But from today, I can tell you, all your scans are clear. There is no cancer. Your blood is healthy. You are good to go. And I'm telling you, it was worship that got us through it. It was praising in the middle of the heaviness. It was praising in the middle of the storm. Mike, it was what you said a moment ago. It was stepping out of the boat and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, not distracted by all the noise and all the reports, but keeping our eyes on him. And I'm telling you, we got to the end of it. And you know what we did? We shouted. We shouted before the walls fell and we shouted after the walls fell. And that's what got us through. That's a personal story, but that's why I worship. And I think it's so important. And let me just say this to everybody watching right now. It's so important to find your why. I told the worship team this a couple of weeks ago, you have to find your why. So when the storms and the heaviness and the chaos comes in life, because it's going to, John 16, 33, Jesus himself said, in this life, you're going to go through some stuff, yeah. trials and sorrows of many kinds, but take heart. Literally the word take heart, if you actually look at it in the Greek, the rendering means be courageous, be of good courage. And then Jesus goes on and says, because I have overcome the world. And what he said is, hey, I've conquered the world because you're my sons and my daughters. You yourself can get through this. So find your why. What did he rescue you from? What, what moment did he heal you? What, what, what situation did he restore in your life? What low place in the 11th hour did he pull you up out of? And every time you're going through another storm, look back and say, hey, devil, let me show you down memory lane for a minute what God has done for me. Let me show you all the areas that he showed up and fought for me and find your why. I think it's so important. So good. Sorry, y'all. I got to preaching. I just started just. <laughs> I was going to say, we can go home now. We're done. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about my own life. Like, like what is my why? And like my, my transition to get to this place in my life. I remember I was that, that teenage kid 20 years ago that my parents forced me to go to church. I just stood there like this during worship and they made me stand up, but at least even having that posture over time, God really got to me and he convicted me. And I was like, you know what? I, I did what Johnny said earlier. I did like the half mass for a while. And eventually I was all in going, okay, like I want to surrender my life. And um, he's bigger than the situations that I'm walking through. And so good. Um, now guys, listen, we, we are all at three different churches and worship can look like a lot of different things, a lot of different styles and, um, can we talk a little bit about that tonight as well? What does, what does that look like? Different styles? Is there a right style, a wrong style, a, you know, one style that's better than another? Like you guys talking to that. How, how's that? How's that look? I'll deflect to Johnny first. Let's go. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, one of the things, our church is a diverse church, you know, same as Vibrant Church and, and, and as well as, uh, um, as well as your church there in Houston. and Yeah, Hope City, yeah. Hope City, yeah, as well as Hope City Church, and we uh, uh, a, a big part of that is we want to make sure that that's reflected uh, in our worship as well. And so, you know, we feel, you know, I feel the responsibility to help people to overcome any barriers that style may present. 
So it's like we might in the same worship set, we're going to blow it out with a gospel song and then we're going to might follow that up with something young and free and then follow that up with something that's kind of in the middle. Uh, but with all of that, you know, we kind of feel like we almost have like this hybrid sound in a sense at times. But um, but the goal is that we kind of, you, you know, even in the songs we do meet people right where they are to help them come together in unity, you know, because we got people that are coming from old school, you know, black missionary Baptist, you know, church backgrounds like myself, you know, and you got some people maybe coming from a Catholic environment. Some people may be coming from no church environment at all. And so this is their first church experience. And so for us, we want to utilize the diversity that's found in style uh, to bring a sense of unity, you know, because we always say, you know, one of the things that you, you hear all the time is unity doesn't mean uniformity. So we're not uniform in the sounds that we like, but we can be unified. And so our hope is to have have an expression that 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 reflects a broad a broad uh, a broad audience, uh, so that we can be unified. Uh, it brings you know even more unity uh, in worship. And so you know one of the things I always tell our team is that our worship isn't limited by style. You know that's one of the things we we tell our church. It's like we don't want your worship, it doesn't, just because it's not a certain type of song doesn't mean a certain style or genre, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word, of song, doesn't mean that the worship uh, is limited. And even for me, that was a hard adjustment because I've, I've only been a part of two churches my entire life. I, I was a part of St. Mary Missionary Baptist Church <laughs> and the Life Church, you know, totally different, <laughs> totally different environments. And, and I remember having to even make this transition in my own heart and one of the things that God reminded me over and over is like when we come to church it's not just about the music that I want to hear it's not just about the style of music that I like well I can hear that anytime I want in my personal worship I can go straight to all the stuff that only I like but man it's like man we've got this diverse body of people and so man we want to we want to kind of hit everybody in a different spot but ultimately when it comes to worship it's like it's not limited by our style I love that. Just kind of copy and paste it, Mike, because I do know, I know you're Pastor, uh, Pastor John and obviously love Vibrance and then what we do here at Hope City. I think part of our uh, posture and our position is to not put a limit or a lid on anybody's expression of culture. Uh, I think it's really important. We're really intentional with who we have on the stage to make sure because our church is a church that looks like heaven. Yeah. Vibrant is a church that looks like heaven. Life Church is a church that looks like heaven, where it truly is multicultural, multi-generational. And so we do the same thing. We try to mix it up. We might have a pop gospel song, a Todd Delaney song that opens. We do the same thing at uh, Vibrant and then go into something that's modern, a Bethel song or an elevation, and then kick it back to a hymn. And again, it's trying to pull everybody close and say, hey, I know that that, that pop gospel song maybe because you're white you can't clap on beat with it it's okay we've got something for you next because here's the truth none of it and i think stylistically we like what we like i think johnny just hit that on the head there's certain music i like to turn on when i'm rolling in my jeep but we want to pull everybody in and say hey today our posture is for heaven to touch earth and for us to get caught in between black white hispanic indian Chinese, every person that's breathing in this room, we're going to do our best to show you what a church that looks like heaven looks like. So stylistically, 
We're going to appeal. I know our church is super multicultural. We have a lot of black folks, a lot of Hispanic folks, a lot of white folks. So we mix it up and we keep it mixed up intentionally and on purpose to make sure everybody knows we see you. And, and the cool thing about it, the cool thing about it, Daniel, is that what happens is people come and they're part of the church and then they're, they, they get expanded in even yeah. the music that they listen to and the songs that they know. And, you know, that's one of my favorite things to see kids growing up in our church and they have a broad uh, perspective uh, when it comes, when it comes to worship, you know, sometimes I love it. It's the, it's the young white kid coming up to me, showing me this gospel song that he really likes. Like, man, we should come do on. That. Like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, what? my 10 year old Finley, if I can go, mm, 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 if I can jump into a praise break moment, hey, she, she's in. Like, <laughs> ready to shout. She's in. I love it. I love that. I thought you guys were saying, go ahead and go for it. I mean, you start beatboxing, Johnny, you start singing. We'll just, we'll just end the bah, night. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I mean, really, Johnny can sing anything and I'm going to enjoy it. So, I mean, really awesome. Style. But yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Um, even coming here, I remember 11 years ago, Pastor Jason was very intentional. He wanted our church to be uh, multicultural and multi-generational. So, um, you know, I, I remember my grandma was was coming here and she loved every now and then one of those hymns would, would pop up that she loved and she, she had in her life for so long. And at the same time, there was music that I really loved. And we all were here together worshiping together because um honestly you need all the generations coming together as one you need the energy of that and the wisdom of the older and when you bring them all together um it's something special it's the church so um i love that guys um let's talk to you know i mean we're all parents we're all um busy people there's a lot of busy people out there in life sometimes is just busy how do we fit worship into our daily life because it can't just be a sunday thing it can't just be a church thing um, you know, you talk about like in your car, that kind of deal. Um, but sometimes it's difficult. I mean, I got, I got three young kids too, and, um, they're always there. They're always loud. And by the time I get to the end of the day, I just want to go to bed so I can wake back up with as much rest as possible. So how do we fit worship into our life? Um, when life itself is hectic sometimes. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like when, I think it was in Deuteronomy when Moses talks about the law and he talks about like tie it around your neck, put it on the doorpost of your house while you're walking down the road. Like, and so it's almost like this, like it's, it's a, it's just such a staple in our lives that it's always present. Yeah. yeah that's one of the things that I find myself. It's like, okay, yeah, I might be in the kitchen making breakfast for the kids you know, but if they're sitting there, it's like, well, let's turn on some worship music. Let's part of it is like, I'm going to focus more on the atmosphere of my life versus compartmentalizing sections. If that makes sense. Not that I don't carve out time for worship and carve out time to spend time in the word, but man, I, I want to create an atmosphere in our home where worship is always present, where there's always, you know, it's like one of my favorite things to do with our kids. It's like when they're where I'm like giving them their bath. You know, it's like I got some worship music on and they they're playing, but I might just start singing while I'm sitting there. And I love, you know, I love I'm so thankful that my kids can sing on key. Come on, somebody. Hey, <laughs> already. I already see it like, Lord, they're not tone deaf. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's every worship leader's prayer that their kids aren't aren't tone deaf. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do is, you know, just in those moments like that, to have worship with us where, you know, whether we're in the car, whether we're 
you know, you know, at the house doing something fun or, or sitting outside when the weather's, you know, really nice, we'll sit outside. I'll just put some music on. So it's always just a part of our home, a part of who we are. And so there's, I, I, I like to take more of the all along the way approach, you know, all along the way. It's just a part of who we are, you know, and then I, I love to get to see those moments like, you know, the, the power of YouTube, like uh, Brandon Lake and Elevation, they have that song Gra Graves into Gardens. And man, I put it on, my kids just like went nuts. Like they're like going nuts to this song, you know? So we have those moments like that too. But I love even at that age, seeing that there's this freedom and this this excitement and this passion, you know, already starting, starting to develop in them. And I feel as a parent, my goal is to just keep fanning that flame, you know, do everything I can in the environment of our home to keep, keep fanning that flame. Not saying that that's all we listen to and that's all, you know, because I want music to just be a big part of their lives, but I want to create the kind of environment where, where they know that worship is, it's a part of who we are. You know? Yeah, that's so good. I love that. So we, um, we do something here in the Groves house called the first 15. So we take, uh, my wife homeschools, so we've got an 11 year old boy, just turned 10 year old girl, four year old girl, one and a half year old boy. And the first 15, we take five minutes in worship, five minutes in the word and five minutes in prayer. And that's a starting point, but we're creatures of habit. Like in our humanity, we're creatures of habit. So after 21 days, you know, something becomes a habit. And so we take the first 15 as a family. I personally try to wake up before things start binging and dinging and pinging and text messages and calls start coming in to have my time. But we do the same thing, Johnny. We try to keep the atmosphere of worship continually in our home where it's just a part of like the finishing of a sentence because the let everything that has breath will praise the Lord. And so part of what we do here at our house, our living room kind of has an open air area. And so all the kids, we have the doors open at night and we turn on a worship YouTube channel and we turn it up and worship literally fills the living room and fills up all the way into their room. So they're literally laying in bed singing the blessing at night we believe, and this is, this is absolute fact, what you put in your eyes and ears today will reflect in your heart tomorrow. And so I actually, this is not a plug for you to follow me on Instagram, but follow me on Instagram. No, but at DE Groves, if, if you don't follow me, you should go and check out this picture I posted. It was a repost from my wife last night. We turned on worship like we do every night and I was wrapping up dishes and our three-year-old, or I'm sorry, our one-and-a-half-year-old little boy, Fox, walks over to the TV and lifts his hands and starts worshiping. No one else was making him. We didn't say, come on, everybody. It's time to worship. Bless God. No, we've created an atmosphere in our home that it's just who we are. It's just what we do. So it was a really special moment. My wife captured my little boy worshiping over there. And uh, I believe it's so important as parents, if you are a parent, your kids will emulate what you do. So if you are not a worshiper, they're not going to be worshipers. And this is the thing, and I want to say this, because I think this is a massive misconception. It has nothing, I said this earlier, but it has nothing to do with your ability to sing on key. Johnny and I have prayed that our kids sing on key. It is true. Um, but if you cannot sing and you're the only person that believes you can sing and you're the best shower singer wherever you're at, God loves your worship. I started with a verse in John 4, 23. Time is coming and now has come, true worshipers. The end really blesses me. It says, these are the worshipers that the Father seeks. He loves your worship. Whether it's off time, on time, off key, 
on key. He loves your worship. So sing, belt it out, top of your lungs. And I'm telling you, it's so important to daily have this rhythm, whether it's the first 15, whether it's when you jump in your car and your commute to work, but make sure you find time to make it a priority. Yes. Yes. I mean, the father loves to hear the, the praises of his children. I mean, I think of like my own kids, you know, when they sing, it's, uh, it's not as on key as probably your guys' kids, right? Uh, my, my son still thinks he's going to be a little white rapper. So pray for us. Oh, wow. But um, anyways, <laughs> when they sing, I still love it. I still they record it because I'm dad and it's still the, the best thing in the world that blesses me. And, um, you know, I got to say, you hey, guys, they, Mike, they got a shot. Kristen's really anointed yeah. and she's a great <laughs> I was, singer. I was going to say that, you know, like you guys know my wife can sing really well. So yes. like when we're all worshiping together. They're like, no, daddy, it's us and mama. You know, I'm like, you video it, dad. You video it. Let yeah. mom teach us. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I like how you guys both, you both um, really talked about how we need to not have compartments in our life. Um, don't have the compartments from this is, you know, our worship time and, you know, our time with our kids. Like, break all that down. Like, let's just have a life of worship. Um, I love that. Listen, we have, we have enough time for maybe like one more thought from each of you guys. And I mean, if we're, if we're ending this thing soon, what's the one thing you want this person at home to really grab from tonight? Um, that going with worship, like, like what's going to really change their life today, right now, Daniel, start with you. You know, I, I think one of the most powerful things we have that God has blessed us with is free will. There's a lot of choices that, that we have to make as human beings. First Peter five, six says to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And I love the end of this verse. It says, and he will lift you up. And I think so much in this waiting season that we've all been in, it can either be a season of growth or it can be a wasted season. And I, I believe right now, if somebody's sitting at home and you haven't gotten on your knees before the Lord and worshiped him, if you haven't lifted your hands as a sign of surrender, choose today to make a choice to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And I'm telling you, it is Bible. He will lift you up. The promises of God do not have expiration dates on them. And they do not break when you lean on them. So you can lean on the promises of God today, humble yourself under his mighty hand, and his promises don't break. So when he says, I'll lift you up, I'm telling you, he'll lift you up. He'll give you joy where there's been restlessness. He'll give you peace where there's been hopelessness. And as you worship and you press in, your battle will turn into a breakthrough. So good. So good. I want to like tweet everything you say. I mean, <laughs> so I'm following you. Know, I'm like looking for your Instagram right now. I'm trying to. You don't have to, Johnny. It's at DE Groves. Okay, guys, this is a ridiculous. Your blessings don't have an expiration date. I love that. Um, all right, Johnny, what do you got, man? Yeah, I would say in a in a similar vein, that surrender is that surrender your to that we. I would encourage somebody, whoever's watching, to surrender your comfort zone to God. Wow, yeah. And allow allow him to shatter your comfort zone, or maybe even, maybe shatter's too strong. Allow him to stretch, to stretch your comfort zone. You know, one of the things we talk about in our language uh, here at Life Church all the time, is like, what's your next step? And I would encourage you to figure out, well, what's the next step for me in worship, whether it's at home or in, a, in an environment, in a corporate setting, is the next step maybe you have never sang before. You've disqualified yourself. You said, well, I, I can't sing, 
and so I or you said I don't sing and mm -hmm. that verse that I was reading you talking about earlier in Psalm 100 in the old school King James it says make a joyful noise to the Lord and so maybe you've you've said that you feel like it's just noise when I sing well God wants to hear it to God's ears it's, it's a beautiful sound uh, because it's the sound of surrender to him and so allow him to stretch your comfort zone maybe take the next step for you maybe at home is is that lifting or, or kneeling or figure out what is that next step for you maybe it's actually yeah. playing worship music at home maybe for you you've allowed worship to to stop when service is over when churches you know church services ended worship ends for you and maybe for you it's adding a moment of worship into your everyday life into a part of your routine maybe you've been great about reading your bible and praying but man take that next step and just add a moment of worship and it could be just a moment but don't ever underestimate what god can do in just in just one moment and so that's what i would say let god stretch your comfort zone figure out what the next step is for you to take and then commit to take it i, mean, I love it yeah i mean 2020 in itself has kind of destroyed our comfort zone so why not take control <laughs> of it and do it ourselves and and grow in it um, so good hey guys thank you so much for tonight tonight has been such an incredible time with you two and really discussing this whole topic and for all of you at home i mean get in the chat room right now and just thank these guys for their time tonight um, i hope it blessed you as much as it blessed me i have a page of notes over here but listen um as we close up tonight uh, daniel will you go ahead and pray us out and and just, just pray that God blesses us and, and that also that we do take that next step, like Johnny said. I think it's so important that we don't just listen to tonight's um, video, the broadcast, that we that actually do something, that we take an action step after tonight. So will you go ahead and close us out? Absolutely. Father, thank you for this time. You said in your word in Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20, that if we just gather, two or three of us, show up and gather in your name, you would be in the midst of us. You are so good. You have been so consistent. You've been so faithful. I love what Bishop Jake says. He said, I'm going to praise you now and you can do it later because you've been better than good to me. God, I thank you today as we posture, we position ourselves under your mighty hand, 1 Peter 5, 6, as we take that step to stretch outside of our comfort zones. The truth is a comfort zone is just that. It's comfortable, but nothing ever grows there. So God, we choose to step outside of our comfort zone, to stretch us outside of where we've been to where you're taking us. Because the truth is, our glory days are not over. The rest of our days, we truly believe, are the rest of our days. The best of our days really are in front of us. God, I thank you for Johnny. I thank you for Life Church, his pastors. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in Memphis. Let heaven touch earth and continue to move. God, I thank you for Pastor Jason, Rachel, God, what you're doing a vibrant church in Columbus, Mississippi is absolutely supernatural. And everybody that's connected to this movement, God, I thank you for blessing and favor on the house. God, for Hope City, Pastor Jeremy and Jennifer Foster, God, thank you that for such a time as this, God, you have breathed on this city of Houston. And we've seen literally thousands of people impacted. God, thank you for moving on the hearts of everyone watching tonight, whether they're a single mom or a family, God, that's gathering and watching. God, I pray tonight that each and every one of us unanimously would be in agreement that Jesus, you met us where we were at yes. and we can move forward knowing that you are good and you are faithful. So God, on key, we're going to sing. Off key, we're going to sing. Whether we can clap on beat, we're going to clap and we're going to praise you because we believe that we were created to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Hey, thank you, Daniel, and thank you, Johnny, for your time tonight. I, like I said, all of you that are watching us at home, I hope that tonight blessed you as much as it blessed me. It was an incredible night unpacking worship. And, and don't forget, this Sunday, we are back in the house here at Vibrant Church at 945 and 1130. You can also join us online at any of those times as well. It's going to be an incredible weekend, so get in the house this weekend. And then also, church, I want to thank you for your generosity and partnering with us. Uh, we, we've been able during this whole season, during this whole 2020, to really take ministry outside the four walls of the church and reach people for Jesus. And if you'd like to partner with us in your generosity, all you have to do is go to vibrantchurch.com giving, or you can text the word vibrant to 77977. But I want to thank you for your generosity during this time. But listen, tonight was so incredible. Be here this Sunday. Church, we love you. We're praying for you. And we'll see you this Sunday.